Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Dom Giordano on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Mike Pence, uh, surprisingly to some, they didn't see it coming, not that he was getting any traction, dropped out. Uh, Dom Giordano Show. One of the reasons I'm glad about this is that um, Pence and the pro-life issue, particularly in Iowa, I think you're going to see a little bit more of an easing up. Tim Scott is the other one who I think are making a non-winning appeal ultimately, but they make these other Republicans have to go too far, like Ron DeSantis, on this uh, issue a pro-life and exactly what does that mean? That was the signature thing. Not only that, in future debates, he's not going to be it's just ludicrous. The debate with Vivek Ramaswamy uh, that we saw, I guess, in the first debate with Mike Pence. The one that's rising in some polling is Nikki Haley. And again, might be the silver in Iowa. Now, Iowa is the only place of note that Trump lost in 2016 in the primaries. So it gives us an idea of how strong this juggernaut is with Trump, that he's at 43% over the weekend in the golden poll that they have there in Iowa. And uh, we had, uh, here is um, Sarah Eisger on ABC Listen to the amount of money these various PACs, super PACs, have spent trying to drive Trump's number down so far. This is real money and completely unsuccessful. Here's what she said with uh, Martha Raddatz on Sunday. A lot of ways, Mike Pence represented the sort of OG Reagan Republican Party. And the repudiation of Mike Pence by voters is a fascinating moment as the Republican Party shifts. You know, I talked to uh, folks on Pence's team uh, last night, and they say we picked the right fights, no regrets. But you know what they'll also point out? That these super PACs combined, the non-Trump super PACs, have spent $175 million dollars that's a lot of money, and it hasn't moved the needle at all. And so to Rick's point, uh, money isn't going to be the answer here. You're going to have to do something to change this dynamic before Iowa, if you even can. Uh, what might that be? You know, the idea, if there were just one person left, that they're all splintering this, uh, Christie, Nikki Haley, uh, Ron DeSantis, Tim Scott, uh, you might get to somebody that's got 20, 22%, something like that. Trump would still be double it. 
facing off with them. Yeah, but they'd have their voice. They'd be who in their right mind thinks that the Democrat Party under any circumstance that we see now, I know what people are waiting for. They're waiting for Trump to be convicted in one of these things, and they're convinced, and I think it's another pipe dream, that if Trump is convicted under one of these, and there's 91 counts, that will then start to splinter some of the support. Don't see it. Don't, you know, and it's um, impossible to know for sure, but I bet 99% that's not the case. So what is it at this point? In the beginning, Ron DeSantis seemed to have equal footing with Trump, if not a slight edge, if you remember, months and months and months ago. But more that Ron DeSantis is exposed as a campaigner, not so much the policies, just the personality, that started to go away. I don't think Trump dusted him up. I mean, what is it that Trump did to dust up Ron DeSantis? Desanctimonious? Did that really do it? Are people that like Trump and maybe like DeSantis and went back to Trump thinking, yeah, Trump's right. He shut down Florida. No, they know that DeSantis did a good job during COVID. I think it's just all these indictments and that people love the saga of Trump. They're on board. This is a long train ride and they like it. It's entertaining. You have the injustice part of it, the overkill part of it, and you put those things together, and it's not going to go away. There's nothing out there politically that I can see. The odds on Nikki Haley being the nominee are beyond astronomical. And look, she's smart, tough, had her in studio two or three times. We actually did an event, the Dr. Oz night, with her just sitting there when she was in much demand and here two or three times in studio. And I see no path. There is nothing there. And I don't think Trump's going to make her the VP choice or anything like it. I, don't I want to stop it. you. Yeah. Who, who, where, where are you at with that? Uh, who Trump, the VP choice yeah, are? VP. It's uh, <laughs> asking to predict Trump is so. In it. Yeah. I would tell you more who it's not going to be. OK. Uh, it's not going to be Carrie Lake. I don't see Trump doing that. He doesn't want anybody that's um, going to outshine him. He likes loyalty. Yes. But he doesn't want. And here's what it comes but, but down I, to. I, I got I to gotta push yeah. back on that because, yeah, I, I think that would have been true uh, beforehand. Right. But shouldn't he be looking for that kind of person to hand things off to with this VP pick? Doesn't care about that. No? No. Okay. Not thinking yeah. about that. That's not a consideration. It's all about, you know, how's this going to work? And, Mike, the last thing I was going to say, Dan, is it's one thing we know about Trump. He reaches a point where the kind of the voices that are there that are strongest at the end point when the decision comes matters a lot. So Newt Gingrich, Trump talked to him about being VP. Gingrich said on this show, and he said many times, I told Trump, we're both pirates. Direct quote, we're both pirates. Go with Pence. It's the Christian thing. And that's why he reached out (laughs) and took Mike Pence of all people. He thought about a kind of an odd couple. I think he knew Pence would embrace the role of vice president, you know, not make his own noise, not toot his own horn, et cetera. So I think ABC has gone a little far there, though, saying Mike Pence is Ronald Reagan. No, not really. Ronald Reagan had a unique quality like Trump does. Mike Pence doesn't. 
And that's that's a big difference. Maybe he espouses what they think Reagan would have said today, but uh, 855-839-1210. So who is it that would be the alternative to Trump? And I don't see that person there. I still come back to it would be DeSantis, I guess. RFK? Yeah. (laughs) And there's the RFK uh, stuff out there. And I don't see Trump. Trump is not going to get involved with RFK making him the VP choice. That would be the if I were advising it in there, I'm saying, are you crazy? You can't have that guy running around. You know, the stuff he'd be doing as vice president. My God, I, I really thought it, it, I, I didn't think anything with a VP, but at least siphoning off Trump voters until he came out in favor of reparations. And that's like, well, who, who are you trying to win here? Yeah. Well, this is the way he thinks he's a gadfly. Then he tried to spin it. He's also smarter than the room, RFK Jr., saying, well, I'm not saying to give individuals cash money. I'm saying to give it to all these black businesses and organizations. That's even worse as far as the money getting lost. You know, trillions of dollars getting thrown at the uh, infrastructure. Haven't we done that already? Isn't what that the war on poverty was about? That's a tell on RFK Jr. So. Uh, I still got to see that he takes away more from Trump than he does Biden in in the end. People are tired of Biden. They might vote for him as kind of an energetic thing. I still think he'll do two or three percent the place like Pennsylvania. So everyone that's that's going to be in is already in, in your opinion. Yes. There's not going to be like a surprise rogue outsider that throws his hat into the ring. They can do that, but they're not going to win. Biden's uh, got it as long as he's alive. I'm talking on the Republican side, too. And the Republican side, no one's going to beat Trump. You know, uh, people like to come on. People like to get in the media, Dan, and say wild stuff because the media will pick it up because they're tired of this story. So why Trump then at this point? If you had to put a button on it, what is it? I gave you some of the ideas that I hear been to 100 Trump events over the course of time, one way or the other, what it is and all these indictments. Now, Dan and I are waiting with bated breath here because Over the weekend on Sunday, you talk about a kangaroo court. The federal court judge in Washington issued a new directive saying that Trump is back under the gag order. But because of their computer breakdown, they still haven't told the world exactly what is it that Trump can't comment on or the way that he can comment on it. Now, you know, the first thing with the gag order, it's very dicey business. You have a former president in a political campaign. We already have laws. We've, we've gone over this with Alan Dershowitz and others. We already have laws against threats. If you think it meets to a threat, then we have apical laws. Sue him, indict him on that threat, and move on it. But if he's calling the prosecutor a thug, or the judge, an Obama judge, that's not a threat. It's political commentary. The other thing is, if you're going to issue a directive because of the case, the first thing you have to do with a gag order is make it as limited as possible, meaning you can't comment explicitly in this. Any gag order I've ever seen, that's what they have to engage in. And this is unprecedented. We're in the middle of a campaign for the presidency. So you really, I think, have to give a lot of ground here. And every time you go down this path, you increase the support for Trump. People saying they're just trying to shut him up. 
He's taken one for the team. Look at all these indictments. They're ridiculous where we're going. And then they point to the other side. Well, look at all the people that are turning against Trump. Mark Meadows, the most recent, that Jenna Ellis, et cetera. Well, they may have had access to Trump, but that doesn't mean they have anything on Trump that would be actionable in court that I can see. He speaks in a way, he acts in a way where it's going to be hard to get him. The only case that I think and most legal experts, Andy McCarthy, Dershowitz and others have said on this show, the uh, documents case. But are we really seeing that as a matter of national security or is it a technical case? The other case is getting inside his mind, what he meant on January 6th, and you don't even charge him with insurrection is ridiculous. So 855-839-1210, who would be the second choice to Trump? Looking at this, I don't think he's going to be taken out. Today we're seeing in Colorado and Minnesota, and I saw one of the Secretary of State, I think it was Colorado. Her explanation was as weak as it comes. How are you going to charge someone and take them off the ballot because the 14th Amendment, a clause in there, deals with insurrection and you can't run for office again. When he wasn't charged with insurrection, and it's classic Trump. If you want to argue he didn't act quickly enough on January 6th, something like that, that's not insurrection, though. That's up to the voters to decide what they want to do with that. 855-839-1210, you get on board. But this idea, the the Iowa one uh, is the one that tells me, I thought if there was anywhere where Trump might be close with someone else, it was in Iowa, based upon the last time, based upon who the caucus members are. He's at 43% in Iowa. You know, places like South Carolina and others that he won handily, he's going to win overwhelmingly. So what are these people running for? Well, just some kind of hope they're telling themselves. And Mike Pence finally knew he couldn't. Maybe Trump will be taken out legally. Even if he is convicted, I don't think that happens. All right, side question today. Something you never acquired a taste for that is pretty popular is coming off Friends, which I'm not making it up. I have seen maybe total. 10 minutes of friends scattered over the times they just tuned in. And I basically didn't know it was, you know, and I got out of there as quickly as possible. Let's go to Richard in Somerdale and talk Radio 1210. Hey, Richard, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you today? Good, Richard. Good. Uh, My pick, and I hate to agree with uh, Jim Kenny, but the mummers. Oh, oh boy. yes. Come on. <laughs> what is it you uh, don't like or you never acquired the taste for? Well, I just I, I could I could go to a local parade and see one or two of them go by, but I'm never going to go stand 10 hours over in Philly or Broad Street or Market <laughs> Street and watch them. And I'm not going to uh, go to their show of shows, but you know, I could listen to them for 5 minutes, that's it. But that's about it. With, with me, it's the repetition. You have a whole year to prepare, and it's, oh, there's nothing yeah. new there. Yeah, uh, that's a good one, Dan. That That is, now that would have been heresy. 20 years ago, Richard would have been rejected. We would have had to kick him out of this. There's no way he'd win. 
But I think the Mummer's Day, by and large, you know, he's he's right. It is not an acquired taste for a lot of people. You got to play it at weddings. You got to do all that. But uh, no, not really. Do you though? Do you? Uh, Jim Kelly, do they still have to do that at events that you do? Do they still request the Mummers? Uh, here is Jim. Sorry. Yeah, Jim. Do they request the Mummers? Uh, yes, they do, as a matter of fact. They still do? Yes. Where? Is that all parts of <laughs> the Delaware Valley? You mean down in South Philly they might, right? Down in South Philly, some parts of Delaware Valley. You play the Hillbilly Medley, which is about six minutes long. Oh, my God. And people get into it. They start going out with the umbrellas. Oh, uh, yes. Okay. And it all gives right. me a chance to walk up to the bar and grab a beer. So. All right. So that's what it's in there for. It's for filler. By the way, break time. Jim did a seven-year-old birthday party as the um, MC disc jockey this weekend, Dan. Really? Yes. And he believes now, just play Taylor Swift every single song and nobody will complain. Yeah, I was gonna I, say, what, what, I gotta send you a picture, Dan, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, please do. I, I yeah. were you doing any, birthday party. Were you doing any impressions that the kids were like behind? Like a Merrill <laughs> No. <laughs> I was not doing any impressions, no. <laughs> Imagine a seven year old birthday party gig. Oh my goodness. I love it. All right. Well, hey, like I said yeah. to you before, it was more about the adults too, because yeah. you're talking the first Saturday with decent weather. Right. And who knows how long. So you know the adults were gonna start getting out there too. Yeah. All right, thank you, Jim. 855-839-1210. You can uh, get on I'm printing right now for you the uh, gag order, but it's very long. Oh, good. All right, yeah, we finally have. I've been waiting because of the computer glitch, so the judge now will give you that coming up, the gag order, and exactly what can't Trump say. Dan, uh, scale of 1 to 10, I think we have two coming up. There's Sean Therish that I really don't know. His impersonation of Trump is one of the best I've ever heard because it actually is calibrated down. You know, it's not the stuff that we all know overdone. I think this is better than Conklin's. Really? Yeah. It's a lofty. uh... How about you? Or do you think it's not grand and it's not uh, distorted? I want more rasp. You do? Yeah, a little bit deeper. I think it sounds a lot like Trump really sounds. You want to play a little bit of that? Yeah, let's play a little bit. We'll see. So long, farewell, Alveda Zane, goodbye. Mike Pence is dropping out. He's dropping out. He never had a Perfect. chance. Perfect. Right never there. Had a chance like Crooked Joe on a flight of stairs. Never had a chance like AOC on the SATs. Never had a shot like Eric Swalwell <laughs> on a crowded elevator. You know what I'm talking about. We call him his flatulence. You know what I'm talking about. It's good. It's Mike really Pence good. is dropping out, and now he and the fly that landed on his head. You know, flies are drawn to sugar, honey, iced tea. He and the fly can spend some time together in the landfill of history. Mike Pence is dropping out, and so I say... Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Goodbye, good riddance, and let's make America great again. Believe me. I think that's pretty close, Dan. It's not overdone like some that really are not Trump. Just that they take it and they just amplify it a little bit too much. Have you heard from Lee recently? we got to get him back on. Yeah. No, I have not. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Tom Giordano Show. Welcome in. We'll give you uh, what the judge uh, came up with in this gag order. And again, uh, I think Trump $15,000 fine in the one gag order in the uh, fraud case in New York. This is much more serious business. Is she really going to jail President Trump in this? No. I'd be surprised if that happens. The level of support is just going to increase even more so in Republican primaries. Why is that? The overkill of this just has people say enough. Look at the Bidens and then look at what Trump is going through. It's an obvious thing. And yet they keep on going down this path. As I said, uh, court arguments on blocking Trump from the presidential ballot under the insurrection clause are underway. Oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, I have President Trump's reply, which is um, 25 printed pages. Nice work on his attorneys. (laughs) Seem to be putting a lot of stuff in here. And I'm looking at nine printed pages from the judge. Uh. She says the defendant has not made a strong case. He's likely to succeed on the merits. That's Trump using the First Amendment status here. And uh, then after knocking that argument down, the judge then uh, gets um, moving on the targeting of individuals. Okay, Uh, she cites some social media posts where Trump talks about election rigging. Biden administration never goes after the riggers, but only after those who want to catch and expose on the rigging dogs. This statement asserts that the defendant is innocent, that this prosecution is politically motivated and that the Biden administration is corrupt. It does not violate the order's prohibition of targeting certain individuals. All right. So that's uh, the judge must feel heat here having to uh, distinguish this. By contrast, she goes after the Mark Meadows comment. Trump said about Mark Meadows, I don't think Mark Meadows would lie about the rigged and stolen 2020 election merely for getting immunity by the deranged prosecutor, Jack Smith. But when you really think about it, after being hounded like a dog for three years, Told you'll be going to jail for the rest of your life. Your money and your family will be forever gone. We're not all interested in exposing the rigging. Some people would make that deal, but they are weaklings and cowards and so bad for the future of our failing nation. I don't think that Mark Meadows is one of them, but who really knows? Make America great again. She says this statement would almost certainly violate the order under reasonable definition of targeting. Indeed, defendant appears to concede as such. All right, so those are the two I've been able to get out of this that are contrasted here about where the uh, judge is going to go. One, 
knocking down his defenses, that's Trump's, and then two, giving an example of what would be allowed and what would not be allowed. Uh, The remaining factors uh, against the stay, she goes through that. And then she says, uh, for these reasons, the defendant's motion to stay is thereby denied, and the administrative stay imposed by the court's order is hereby lifted. I also have a little bit more here, um, and, and another documentary that I didn't hand you. It's, uh, she also writes, uh, all interested parties in this matter, including the parties in the council, are prohibited from making any public statements or directing others to make any public statements that target, one, the special counsel prosecuting the case or his staff, two, defense counsel or their staff, three, any of this court's staff or other supporting personnel, or four, any reasonably foreseeable witness or the substance of their testimony. Ah. If you print that one, I want to have that, Dan, because now we got to the gist of it. So he can't say what he said about Jack Smith. That's ridiculous. That, that's, you know, look, I said before, these things are not hard and fast. They're terms of art, public perception, your view of the law. You know, what is a gag order? When do you do a gag order and all that? So if Trump is going after some lowly court officer or something like that and doxing them or something, all right, people might say, yeah, come on now. But if he is challenging Jack Smith when he called him a thug, challenging calling him deranged and he's just out to get him, you may not like the language and it's, you might think it's hyperbole, he's not a thug. After all, he went to Subway to show up Trump. Remember that whole thing? But that ought to be allowed. It's political speech. This guy's a big boy, in other words. He's the prosecutor. He wants this. They tout him all the time. He's run a bunch of marathons. He's tough. He's going to face down with Trump. It is political. Of course he ought to be able to comment on this. Of course he ought to be able to impugn Jack Smith. There's no doubt in my mind. And with these witnesses... Uh, what's targeting them? You know, I, I know targeting when I see it, saying he can't believe uh, Mark Meadows would do this, etc. I think that's within uh, the limits of the law also. But notice the judge has not said he violated. Here's the penalty at this point. This is kind of another warning, but it seems to be, thank you, Dan, it seems to be a broader warning than before. Uh, In order to safeguard the integrity of these proceedings, it's necessary to impose certain restrictions on public statements by interested parties. Uh, The court finds that statements like saying deserve death. All right. Calling someone a thug, though, this judge has said not allowed. I don't see why that's under the gag order. He's claiming that the prosecutor, that's who he's talked about, Jack Smith is thuggish or a thug for the way he's proceeding with all this. That certainly should be within the realm of politically protected speech. If you start saying things like, well, that's something that deserves death or some people death and all. Yeah, you're fooling around with that. I'm going to clip you, too. I don't care who you are and whatever side. Okay. Uh, yes, here, here's that answer for you. It says, uh, and, and it starts different, but then it swings into the answer that I think you're looking for. It says, since his indictment and even after the government filed the instant motion, defendant has continued to make similar statements attacking individuals involved in the judicial process, including potential witnesses, prosecutors, and court staff. 
Defendant has made those statements to national audiences using language communicating not merely that he believes the process to be illegitimate, but also that particular individuals involved it in are liars or, quote, thugs or deserve death. The court finds that such statements pose a significant and immediate risk that, one, witnesses will be intimidated or otherwise unduly influenced by the prospect of themselves being targeted for harassment or threats, and two, attorneys, public servants, and other court staff will themselves become targets for threats and harassment, and that risk is largely irreversible in the age of the Internet. Once an individual is publicly targeted, even revoking the offending statement may not abate the subsequent threats, harassment, and other intimidating effects during the pretrial as well as trial stages of this case. So I'd have to go back and see how consistent this judge or any federal judge would be on this idea. Look, Trump's got a vast following, some wingnuts out there, social media. So I'm going to center on Jack Smith. If she wants to talk about various witnesses and they would be, this is like a gangland thing. But the prosecutor here, this is a political battle. And calling him a thug is not calling for people to kill him. Or anything like that. It is thuggish behavior. That's exactly what people think it is already. Trump is just pointing out the obvious. Saying deserving of death, any mention of that? Yeah, I'm clipping you. I'm an umpire here. I'm calling balls and strikes. I'm clipping you on that. Can't be doing that. That's too close to the line. No, can't be doing that. And again, I would be looking at the relative stature, but with the prosecutor. That shows how unbalanced this is. And we want to get into witnesses around this and saying uh, liars in general or I made this person. I got to see the exact quote. But you can't say everything is targeting these witnesses. And particularly with the prosecutor, no, this goes way too far. There is a lot in this, but it's another warning shot. And here's my read. It's a warning shot. And the stuff that Dan just brought in, it's a tightening more of the previous order. So could this judge then take some action at a certain point here with Trump? Yes. Do I think that would be putting him in jail? Look, this judge is a political animal like everybody that's involved in this. I can't see that. What would the impact of that be? I think the impact, you know what it would be. It would energize even more. Now they're putting someone in jail would be the argument for exercising their First Amendment rights. Again, if it deserves death, then no, it's legit. But if it's calling Jack Smith a thug, then no, this is political speech. He's political. He held that long news conference. Who said that? Dershowitz said it. Uh, Andy McCarthy even said it. He's an anti-Trump guy that he held that conference afterward reveling in this when he thought he bagged Trump. Remember that. That was political. You don't do that. Here are the charges. That's it. You have to shut up. Why doesn't he have to shut up on this? All he's done since or tried to do since is to curtail anything that Trump says. Dan, you look like you're itching. With no, something. I'm yeah. itching to listen to Levin tonight because he's got some commentary. Yeah. Media uh, posted up an article saying, did Trump's rant against Bill Barr violate his gag order? 
And uh, Mark responds uh, on Twitter. He says, here's another group of basement-dwelling punks asking if Trump violated a <laughs> gag order. That's the game now. The hell with the Bill of Rights and the First Amendment. The hell with due process. The hell with interfering in the presidential election. The question of the day every day now is whether Trump violated some rogue judge's gag order. It is utterly unconstitutional. It is just as unconstitutional as if a media outlet was hit with a judicial, quote, gag order. The First Amendment applies not just to a cabal of basement-dwelling punks with a toxic website like MediaCrete, but to all the citizens and especially defendants fighting for their liberty and against endless government leaks. My answer would be I'm in 99 percent agreement. But if you put in stuff deserving of death and all this for a wit, you know what I mean? We're going down that path. But with Jack Smith, it is absolutely your right to do this. You're supposed to sit here in a presidential race and potentially with your life on the line, jail time. And you're supposed to not use your vast ability through social media, which they're leaking. Yeah, the point is this. They're leaking constantly to every news outlet out there that hates Trump, wants an exclusive this, that, or another, even by an inch. Nothing is done about that. Has the judge put out there, if you're caught leaking any of this stuff in any way, shape, or form, then you're going to suffer the same consequence. You'll be jailed. There's nothing on that. He's right. The leaking part, well, that's too hard to figure out. You know, that's too hard to go down that path, is it? That's, that's where the two scales are. Trump, public platform, these people leaking, and the fact that Jack Smith has been a rogue in there right from the beginning. All right, phone lines are 855-839-1210. Uh, Robin Schaefer is next, our buddy at the Jersey Shore, Ocean City. The battle over wind turbines. The Inquirer did a big piece that he was just in. Got a big event up that he's asked me to MC, And uh, we'll be there. DJ Dom coming at you. Soon as I hear the Flanders Hotel, it's so clean. My God, how do they do that in Ocean City? Do you wear like a five-piece tuxedo for an event like that? Oh, I do have a tuxedo now. Ro bought me one. So, oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, you know what? We'll see if he wants a tuxedo with a whale tie or something. Yeah, there, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he's got a, an angle here in this inquire thing that I like as much as the whales. In addition to that, he's running for the school board again in Ocean City. And he put up on Twitter what the school districts there, uh, some of the books, it's Lawn Boy again. And you're going, Ocean City? Isn't that a religious town? Can you wear a tie with a tuxedo? Only a bow tie. Oh, you mean it? I have done that. Yeah, the yeah, long the tie. tie. Uh, <laughs> looks too much like those Hollywood types. Sorry, my mind was stuck. Yeah, this. yeah, yeah. The tops. <laughs> I got to dust off. A t- I got to drive all the way to Ocean City and wear a tuxedo now. All right, 855-839-1210. That's how you get in. Uh, this uh, thing with Trump is off kilter. It has to be very, very significantly reined in. Not to be political. And of course, it's not. Think of those leaks and think of what Trump's doing. There's a parody there. All right. And don't forget the side question, too. Zarv Trent just followed up. We were asking, what's the taste he never acquired? He yeah. told us a six ABC theme song, which really miffed both of us. Right. He says, my reaction to the Action News theme song is similar to Kramer's when he heard Mary Hart on a TV. One of the biggest developments as over the last year, maybe it's a little bit more, in the battle that we're going to win at the Jersey Shore, the King of Hair arrayed against us. You know, it feels like ancient times. The ships are coming in to decimate the shore, led by the King of Hair, 
and uh, a bunch of his other minions. And I'm, I'm looking at this uh, Amy Rosenberg uh, woman again, Dan, the woman who just used to write a simple column about all the sure stuff. She's got a column. Is the New Jersey legislature at risk of flipping from Democrat to Republican? And she cites uh, Corinne Fitzpatrick, the Democrat candidate for the state Senate, from AC. In the auditorium at the NAACP Legislative Forum, we're at a turning point, I believe. The the Republican incumbent, uh, Vince Postoltini, and four candidates for the state assembly were just one or two elections away from changing our entire value system. One of the things they cite, in addition to parents' rights, is what's happening with the wind turbines. Because the wind turbines is not just about the mammals, the whales. It's not just about changing the Jersey Shore forever. It's about just this arrogance, this the face of it, Murphy and these others, against all reasonable pushback. And joining us is the guy that's helped to keep this going big time and turn it around, protect our coast, New Jersey's head, Robin Schaefer. Robin, welcome back, and uh, thanks so much for joining us. Tom, it's great to be back on your show today. And uh, I just want a, a small correction. I'm, I'm the spokesperson for Protect Our Coast, New Jersey. And we are fighting tooth and nail, uh, doing everything that we can to prevent the um, elite establishment from coming in and destroying our Jersey Shore, uh, changing our way of life, uh, destroying um, – the fishing industry, destroying uh, small businesses up and down the Jersey Shore. Uh, th- this is where uh, memories are made, and and I don't uh, I don't get why they want are are so hell bent on destroying what um, has been built over a century. Now, Robin, in the interview, I noticed too, and they noticed that that, and you just did it now. That's your point of emphasis. In the past, we've pointed to the ecosystem killing the whale sonar and all that, and on that front. I think what you've said is, oh, yeah, but let's have a moratorium on it because it's awfully suspicious. But the other now people, it's dawning on them that that got their attention. Let's face it. Right. Because they can see it. But they are definitely pushing back. Yes. Sorry. But what's coming, they can't see. But when it dawns on them, when we have their attention, they start to think, just as you said, oh, my God, even the Inquirer article. Uh, had uh, the, the one with their Ph.D. fisherman captain said uh, somebody said, well, look at uh, Asbury Parks over there. There's only four or five story buildings. And you can see that when you're at sea. Imagine with these. Well, Karen Fitzpatrick was quoted in an article a few months ago. She's the one that you mentioned is running for yes. Atlantic County. Uh, I think she's running for a delegate in the state assembly. She's. Uh, she mentioned that um, you can only human eye can only see about a mile off into the horizon. She she, um, uh, she needs to be educated on um, the fact that you know there's there's a, a small object up in the night sky. It was it was uh, at its full phase just a couple of nights ago that you can see, and that's uh, hundreds of thousands of miles from here. So uh, human eye can see a lot, especially if if you're at um, you know on the uh, 
you know, first story, second story, the higher you go, the further you can see out to sea. Now, aesthetics aside, I mean, this is um, absolutely uh, devastating for uh, the ecosystem. Um, the construction is going to be um, absolute disaster for um, the fishing industry, and it's going to change um you know, it's it's going to change and, and destroy a lot of the habitat uh, for um, what um, the you know commercial fishermen uh, rely on, but also where where the whales and the dolphins uh, that's kind of their playground out there, and they they chase the the bunker um, through this area you know twice a year, and and we love watching them uh, come up and down the Jersey Shore. Why would you mess with that? Now, you have a big uh, banquet coming up, and thanks uh, for the invite to Roe and me uh, this thir- uh, Thursday, a week from this Thursday, November 9th. And as soon as you said Flanders Hotel, I got to get some tips on how do they clean that place. It's unbelievable. We always say that every time we go there. So tell us about the banquet and how people can come to that, et cetera. So if we're having a, a, a banquet, and, and thank you so much. We are uh, just so honored that uh, we're going to have you as our guest host that evening. Uh, we're going to have a number of uh, great speakers lined up that evening, including our Senator uh, Mike Testa. Um, we are going to have uh, the um, lawyer who's um, representing a number of the lawsuits that have been filed against the offshore wind industry, as well as the state of New Jersey and the federal government. Uh, and uh, his name is Bruce Afrin. Um, we're going to have um, other speakers as well, but we're not going to overwhelm people with speakers. It's going to be a fun evening. We're going to have uh, um, some some music, a lot of uh, conversation about a, such a critical issue. To um, it's going to be after the election, but um, hopefully we'll have a lot to celebrate um, come November 9th. I noticed in the article they they pointed out that. Uh, Amy got in there that I um, um, was endorsed by Moms for Liberty when oh, I left the school no. board last year. Wait a minute, Dan. Play I, that villain music there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I'm proud to be supported by Moms for Liberty. That's a grassroots organization that um, supports parental rights. And it, I think it, they're coming down on the right side of the issues as far as I'm concerned. And uh, we won a resounding victory in the school board elections last year. And I'm, I'm running again because this year because I was on a uh, the last year of an unexpired term for the local school board. So running alongside a couple of great candidates, uh, uh, Steve Flogus and another Schaefer who spells his name differently, Kevin Schaefer here in the local school board election. So uh, it's um, it's amazing, though, how kind of they they uh, they're pushing this narrative, you know, that if you're. If you're conservative, um, then uh, you don't follow science. You're a, um, you're anti-environmentalist. You're pro-fossil fuel. You're all of this stuff, and it it just it the narrative doesn't it rings hollow. People have seen right through it, and I think you know hopefully the people are going to come out in big big numbers this November and reject that kind of. Uh, that, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, Bruce Afrin, we had him on several times. I can't remember exactly the first, but he sued Murphy over the mass mandate. Bruce Afrin is the attorney schools. for Free NJ Kids. They're attempting to block any potential mask mandate. Ah, Dan was ready here today. Boy, right on that. Uh, that's yeah, amazing. Good, yeah, good he's job. lying in wait and then stunned us with that. So, uh, 
Yeah, that's that's a great guy to have in your quarter. So uh, if people want to come, give us the particulars. November 9th, uh, starting around 6 o'clock, you'll be there, right? Uh, give us what people do. It'll be from 6 to 10 p.m. that evening, but people, the first hour is going to be more of a kind of a mixer, cocktail hour. It is a, uh, um, you know, full dinner, um, and uh, the ticket, the $100 ticket is um, – um, it's a donation to our organization. It covers the entire evening, food and drinks included, and the entertainment. Um, they can make their um, uh, they can go to um, protectourcoastnj.com for more information, or go to our Facebook uh, page, Protect Our Coast New Jersey, um, and. Uh, uh, the fundraiser, the mon- all of the money that are, is raised uh, since this event is going to be fully supported, uh, every dollar, every dime that we uh, uh, make off of um, people's uh, ticket, the ticket sales are going to go to our um, legal fund um, to, to help Bruce and others um, fight offshore wind in New Jersey. I think we're going to win this fight, but it's going to take a lot of money um, to, to get this accomplished. Uh, without a doubt. And uh, you know what it's doing, too? It's uh, added to this uh, red surge. Uh, even Amy Rosenberg mentions that in the Inquirer. Um, and it, uh, she sees it as just a culture issue, throwing this all together. But it, it gives people hope and energy. We know in New Jersey people are tired of the overregulation, overtaxation, and the wind turbines, just the arrogance, government decisions. But this one has struck a chord. It's so visible and so important that it's driving the other issues. It sure is. And I, people say you can't fight City Hall, but I'll tell you what, in, in, in 2023, I think the arrogance has really caught up to them. I think they've uh, they've gone out over their skis and now – um, the little guy is fighting back against City Hall, and I think we're winning, or, or we are going to win. And I, we're uh, we're getting there. To, we're getting to the point where, you know, the other day I'm, I do Wordle every day on on the New York Times Wordle. Um, even though it's New York Times, I still do it because it's kind of, you know, it's one of those things that you know a lot of people are hooked on. And I noticed there was an Orsted ad uh, that came up and talked about. <laughs> Clean energy is our future, right? And and I'm seeing these ads. I was on the Staten Island Ferry a couple of days ago, and I saw how they had these ads for offshore wind on the Staten Island Ferry. And they have uh, people who – these fake pollsters that are coming through Ocean City going door-to-door, and they are giving people pro-wind leaflets after they conduct the poll. Um, oh, so, God. This is a uh, – to me, that shows that we are making a difference. Things, we're moving the needle, and, um, you know, I think that um, if we just keep pressing hard, I think we're getting to the point where uh, we are going to win this thing. We're going to protect our beaches. We're going to protect our, our coast and, and protect the ecosystem out in the ocean, and you know, until the next horrible idea that gets promoted by people that, that work in Trenton or in Washington. Gotcha. Thank you, Robin. We will see you on that Thursday. Thank you very much for the invite. Can't wait, Dom. Looking forward to it. Thank Talk you, to you Robin. guys again soon. Okay.
Robin Schaefer, Protect Our Coast, New Jersey. Hope to see you there at the Flanders. Uh, we'll be there around 6.30, quarter to 7, depending on Roe and getting out of the house. Always an iffy proposition. Oh, blame it on Roe. Yeah, exactly it's right. It's not your hair that's taken forever. No, that's, that's no. The quaffing of the We seats. had an incident yesterday where I actually had to pay for a parking lot. Really? Yes. You know what it took for me to do yeah, that? Right? It was only $14 was on Sunday. Was it cash Sunday. only? Or no. credit only, I mean? Yeah. Fourteen bucks. Ooh. So yeah, I know it was a steal. Where'd you go? Uh, Brigantine, right? No, uh, Ninth and Wall. Uh, yesterday was. Oh, you're talking part in the city. one of her birthday. Yes, seeing the Elvis Revolution. Oh, happy yes. birthday! Well, yes. How was that show? Very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd recommend it to people. That's oh, awesome. They're running a strange program, y'all. It's stand time. I can handle things. I'm smart. I'm like everybody. With Dom. That's right. It's that time of the afternoon when producer Dan takes over the Dom Giordano program for some Dan time with Dom. And Dom, I, I just want to put this out there. I, I, what would it take for you to watch SNL again? Is there any chance that Dom Giordano ever returns to Saturday Night Live, or are you just completely uh, out of it? Occasionally, depending upon stuff. They did uh, go after Biden a little bit, but Mike Johnson, they just skewered this. Yeah, they, they yeah. skewered Mike Johnson, but it, it was interesting because they had Nate Bargatze host. Uh, he, he's like a Tennessee comedian, and in, in the opening monologue, he talks about the state fair uh, first skit is a joke about uh, cultural appropriation, essentially. Uh, then uh, Fran Drescher gets attacked. Uh, a very somewhat, I don't want to say very, but it's a somewhat conservative leaning comparatively to the highly woke stuff they used to put out there. Just curious as to whether or not Saturday Night Live has been self-aware enough to realize that they have really gone hill in the past couple of years because they've gotten so yeah. woke. Ratings would tell. By the way, is saying y'all, if you're not from the South, as people repeat to be cool, is that cultural appropriation? A, I think it is. It's a good question. You shouldn't say y'all if you're Joe Biden or people like that. And then uh, on the other side of things, Great American Family CEO uh, came out and said Candace Cameron Bure's comments about uh, LGBTQ views are not a reflection of the network. She said that she wants to focus heavily on her uh, channel. She's a content director for this network, uh, saying right. she wants to focus heavily on traditional marriage at the core, and uh, now being attacked because she wants to see traditional marriages on her television shows. Uh, but one thing I want to point out that I have not realized, and I feel like an idiot for not realizing it, but I read a Reddit thread about this. The first comment was, does this surprise you? That's Kirk Cameron's sister. Yes. I, I, did, I never put that together. Yeah, I think it's been fairly well known. And didn't she get bounced or leave Hallmark because of the very same sort of same kind of stuff? Same kind. And of if stuff. you're unaware, Candace Cameron Bure, if you're uh, familiar with uh, Full House, right. uh, she's DJ Tanner and right. uh, wife yeah. of Pavel yeah. Bure, uh, yeah. great hockey player. But uh, yeah, so maybe we'll get her on the show here coming soon. Kirk's sister, Kirk becoming a friend of the Dom Giordano program. But that's all I got for Dan time today, Dom. Thank you very much. All right, big two o'clock hour. We have Dom's money melody. We have the side question. We haven't scratched the surface. Sad passing of Matthew Perry. I said I've never watched Friends. Something you never acquired the taste for. It could be a TV show, food, movement, something like that. And uh, we'll talk with Representative Scott Perry about Mike Johnson. Just one that you can vibe with real quick. Michael yep. writes in, pumpkin everything during the fall. Pumpkin pie, yes. I guess, but the pumpkin spice, I tried getting like into it, just over. couldn't do it. It's just like... Just driving it's so that. Good. I love it. I know. Well, why oh. don't they do it the rest of the year? I mean, it's it's just a driver. Um, shopping for Christmas before Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, that's one. Hey, just wait till after Thanksgiving. Lowe's just has all their trees out already. Wait to and... December for that reason. You got yeah. enough time. Dom Giordano, weekdays noon till three from Talk Radio twelve ten WPHD. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.